The Lord be with you. And also with you. Alleluia, Christ is risen. Christ is risen. Alleluia. Where the dawn of the east meets the twilight of the west and the cool of the north touches the calm of the south and the transcendent power of God touches earth in the humility and love of Christ. Here and now, this Easter Sunday where the head of the Charles reaches out to the heart of the country and beyond, we gather for ordered worship. The liturgy, music, and homily offered for our gathered congregation here within Marsh Chapel for our radio congregation across New England at WBUR 90.9 FM and for our internet listenership now and later around the globe at WBUR.org. We welcome your prayerful and material support, your written, emailed responses, your self-selection of forms of leadership, service, and ministry in our midst. And as the Spirit moves, come Sunday, your presence with us in worship. This is the day the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it as we are able. May we stand in the praise of God.
May we pray. Almighty God, who through your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, overcame death and opened to us the gate of everlasting life, grant that we who celebrate with joy the day of the Lord's resurrection may be raised from the death of sin by your life-giving spirit. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church we have broken your law, we have not done your will, we have rebelled against your love, we have not loved our neighbors, and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love towards us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. Alleluia. The peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you always. May we extend to one another signs of his peace. Lesson from Paul's first epistle to the Corinthians, chapter 15, verses 19 through 26. If for this life only we have hoped in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have died. For since death came through a human being, the resurrection of the dead has also come through a human being. For as all die in Adam, so all will be made alive in Christ. But each in his own order, Christ the first fruits, then at his coming those who belong to Christ. Then comes the end when he hands over the kingdom to God the Father. After he has destroyed every ruler and every authority and power, for he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. 
The last enemy to be destroyed is death. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please join me in saying verses from Psalm 118 with the antiphon. 
Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Let Israel say, His steadfast love endures forever. The Lord is my strength and my power. The Lord has become my salvation. There are joyous songs of victory in the tents of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. The right hand of the Lord is exalted. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. I shall not die, but I shall live and recount the deeds of the Lord. The Lord has chastened me sorely, but has not given me over to death. Open to me the gates of righteousness, that I may enter through them and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord. The righteous shall enter through it. I thank you that you have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone which the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Let us stand as we are able for the singing of the Gloria Patri and the reading of the Gospel. Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. Luke, chapter 24, verses 1 through 12. Glory to you, But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they came to the tomb, taking the spices that they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they went in, they did not find the body. While they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men in dazzling clothes stood beside them. The women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be handed over to sinners and be crucified and on the third day rise again. Then they remembered his words, and returning from the tomb, they told all this to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, 
and the other women with them who told this to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter got up and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen cloths by themselves. Then he went home, amazed at what had happened. The Gospel of the Lord. The Lord is risen, he is risen indeed. In thy light we see light, the revelation of wonder, the reality of weakness, the radiance of whimsy. In tuo lumina with debimus lumen, in thy light we see light. Here is Johanna. We meet her for the first time in Luke's Gospel, nowhere to be found in Mark, Matthew, or John, or elsewhere. She's a newcomer. Johanna is a newcomer to the religious narrative. Maybe you are too. This may be your first time or first time in a long time in worship. If so, know in word of welcome that the Gospel today has sung and preached is primarily, not exclusively, but primarily for you, those who are looking for a first serving, a first helping of faith, a first course in the long meal of nourishment in life in Christ. Johanna, this sermon is for you. Johanna and the women, of course, have prepared spices before the Sabbath to keep the Sabbath, and then in discipline and practice, have gone to the tomb. It's an ordinary, rhythmic, it's a routine moment. Easter begins with the routine. Now we call things routine in one sense because they are the most important. So Johanna, you're coming to service today. It's, or listening on the radio, it may be. It's Easter, it's Sunday morning, I'm going to attend at Marsh. That's a practice, that's a discipline which you've engaged and good for you. The beauty and the joy of our ministry at Marsh is that we are speaking with those who are a little bit in between. Maybe not religious in the sense of coming to church every Sunday, but perhaps on Easter or Christmas, maybe not always being able to listen in and not agreeing or not having a religious, full religious perspective, but being willing to engage. So we're speaking, preaching not only to the choir, we love the choir, but also to the person cooking a bagel or making coffee or exercising on a bike at the fit rack or driving a car or listening later who, like Johanna, may be ready for a first helping of faith. Johanna, we're glad you're among us. This Easter, according to St. Luke, is about that first experience in wonder and in weakness and in whimsy. And they come to the tomb. This is the line of death. Death makes you mortal. You have no choice about that. Facing death makes you human. And God is at work in the world 
to make and keep human life human. Death makes you mortal. Facing death, that's what makes you human. And so they come, and they come into the tomb, and in the midst of the ordinary, quotidian routine, in thy light we see light. And what kind of light do we see? Well, Johanna could tell us in the first moments of Easter, we see the light of wonder, the revelation of wonder. You know wonder when you pause. And we need to pause every now and then so that we can notice. We can notice the feel, the scent of a newborn child. We can notice children who once were so little and now are grown up and ready to go to college. We can notice the claim of humor upon us. We can notice the thrill, very ordinary, of a, a very well-crafted email. Thank you, Lord, for that today. We can recognize the wonder that comes. Johanna might teach us. The world does not lack for wonders, but only for a sense of wonder. That's G.K. Chesterton. Philosophy is born in wonder. That's Borden Parker Bound. The larger the body of knowledge, the longer the shoreline of mystery that surrounds it. The larger the lake of knowledge, the longer the lakeshore of mystery that surrounds it. That's Ralph Sockman. I'd rather learn from one bird how to sing than teach 10,000 stars how not to dance. That's E.E. E. Cummings. Or what are you going to do now with this most wonderful, your most beautiful life. That's Mary Oliver before her recent death. This is a time of wonder, and we see it all about us when we take the time to notice dawn, to notice dusk, to enter into a family situation where there is humor and grace and care, to see crossing across Kenmore Square a nine-year-old with all his gear and a baseball glove and mom and dad in his first trip to Fenway Park. The world does not lack for wonders, but come Easter, let us recite only for a sense of wonder. In thy light, we see wonder. Johanna can school us on that. Likewise, and very quickly we must add, we also have the reality of weakness that we see in the light of resurrection morning. For Luke, the resurrection is not so much fact, though it is for him. He believes in the resurrection of the dead, and so do I. It's not so much fact as it is factor. What are the effects of the resurrection all about him? And he sees them in history and in theology, his love of the poor and his love of the church. And he sees it in his sense of salvation, salvation uh, in the broad and then in the special maybe for Johanna today coming to us in forgiveness, in peace, and in life. There's a reality that abides in our weakness. You know, in February, I was with an old friend 20 years ago. We had both applied for a particular position. He ended up receiving it. But the job, as so often happens, turned out to be something different than either of us expected. And as we parted company, he said, Looking back a generation, I wish there were do-overs in life. That one, 
I would do over. There's a weakness about us, a frailty, a vulnerability that causes our humility, and rightly so. We know once you've said a word, taken an action, made a decision, done something, it's done. There is then a sense of, of frailty and of weakness. You know, Luke gets criticized because some would say his sense of the cross is light. He doesn't have the high, broad, deep theology of the cross, say of Paul, where the cross is divine righteousness, divine redemption, divine providence. No, Luke, uh, one could say, has a little lighter sense of the cross. And what of it? This is Luke's year. We hear him today. Let's hear what he has to say. For Luke, the cross is mainly mistake. It's tragedy. It's failure. It's betrayal. It's a sense of miscarriage of justice. Those who were here on Good Friday could hear as the choir did sing and the quartet played those lines from Luke about Peter and, and about the Christ himself, Luke writing, surely this was an innocent man. For Luke, it's always a question of the effect on human beings. Why? Because Luke loves people from the shepherds to the grave and everything in between. Luke may have a lighter sense of the gospel than Paul. He may be more Wesleyan than Calvinist, more Methodist than Presbyterian, but for that, he gives you, especially on your first encounter, a sense of life, peace, forgiveness, salvation, which we receive and endure and, and, and are privileged to have in our weakness. Now look, this week we lament the loss of a part of Notre Dame Cathedral in Paris, and it's a sign of our, we, we are just frail to and fro. It reminds us, though, of Abraham Heschel, who wrote a beautiful book titled Sabbath, Johanna and the women pausing for the Sabbath coming later, which he reminds us that our religious ritual, especially Sabbath, is an architecture in time, an architecture in time, so beautiful. And he adds, the Romans couldn't destroy it and the Nazis couldn't destroy it. It's in time, not in space. We, we live with the natural horror of earthquake. We live with the historic tragedy of warfare. We live with the social failure of poverty. And we live with ourselves. We make mistakes. If you have children or if you have grandchildren and you're raising them to speak American English, a wonderful tongue, you might at least keep space for them to know and to practice the line, I'm sorry. I made a mistake. Please forgive me. What can I do to make it better? There is an abiding reality in weakness that extends beyond the resurrection. The resurrection follows, but does not replace the cross. So Emil Fackenheim, Jewish Canadian philosopher, when he was pressed and even challenged about his practice of faith, post-Holocaust, he responded to those who argued with him, I practice my faith, faith for this reason. I'm not giving Hitler any posthumous victories. 
there's a reality to our weakness that comes forward in and through and out of the cross and resurrection of Christ, particularly as displayed in Luke. In thy light, we see the reality of weakness. Johanna can school us in weakness. And in that light, we also see the reality of, of whimsy. You know, there's a self-mockery and an abandon of freedom that comes on Easter morning. We can take ourselves lightly so that we can fly like the angels. The main work in our life, grace, and salvation has been done with and for us in Christ. So we can walk every day as if on tiptoe and as if it were our last. We can have a sense of the whimsical. Now I'm about to pause and tell an anecdote uh, that I think is funny. Our son, Ben, a lawyer who happens to be here in the congregation today, said to me some years ago, Dad, when you're preaching and you're about to tell something that you think is funny, you should tell people that you think it's funny <laughs> because they may not think so. It's an Irish anecdote about whimsy. We begin our chaplain's meetings each month with a story about a minister, a priest, and a rabbi. Well, a minister and a priest and a rabbi were driving through the fields of Ireland and their car broke down. They piled out of the car and a big black horse came over and began talking to them, saying, pull up the hood, let me help you. Try the carburetor, clean off the gaskets, and then try it again. And they were terrified, they were petrified, and they tried it again. The car started, they piled into the car and they drove off as fast as they could to the nearest village and found a pub where they could go in and work on their anxieties and terror. The barkeep said to them, you folks look terrified. What happened? One said, well, we were over here in the field. Our car broke down and this horse came up to us and fixed the car. He's talking. And the barkeep said, well, was it uh, the black horse? And they said, oh, yes. And he said, you're very lucky. They said, we know. He said, no, you're very lucky that it wasn't the white horse. And they said, well, why? Doesn't the white horse speak? And the barkeep said, oh, no, he speaks perfect English. He speaks the king's English, but he doesn't know anything about car mechanics. <laughs> I warned you, a sense of whimsy, <laughs> a sense of light-footedness, taking ourselves, you know, the world is not like for wonders, but only for a sense of wonder and the reality of weakness and the radiance of whimsy. We had a bishop a long time ago, a wonderful man, Joe Yackel, who when he, he loved to golf and if he needed a fourth for his foursome, he'd call a college student or seminarian. So we had a chance to know him. One day we played a round. We finished up and went into the clubhouse and the foursome ahead of us started to berate us because they said, I, one said, I left my putter on the 15th green. I thought you'd bring it in. Surely you saw it. What's wrong with you people? I, wanted, I was getting angry. I was, don't you know who you're talking to here? But no, they went ahead, we, we stopped, and then a little while later, Joe got up from the table. He walked, he was gone for a bit, and I looked up later and I saw him entering with the putter in his hand and moved without saying a word and placed it on the table of those who had criticized him. And I thought about those teachings. If anyone strike thee on thy cheek, turn to him, the other as well, if anyone asks for thy cloak, 
give him your coat as well. It's one thing to read it in the Bible. It's another thing to see it in the self-forgetful abandon, the whimsy of faith. This winter, a dear friend wonderfully told us to read, she said, I read it once a year just to stay in touch, Walter Wallace Stegner's beautiful novel, Crossing to Safety. Trigger warning for us academics, this is a book, a novel about academic life, and it is wonderful. It's about grief, it's about loss, it's about, especially about friendship, and it's the gift of friendship with which the book concludes. The two men who are close to one another find their way up into the mountains here in New Hampshire, and they find a beautiful pool and a whirlpool and a, and a cascading waterfall, and one says to the other, this calls for baptism. And off come the clothes, and in they jump, and they swim, and they enjoy, and they frolic in that abandon of the experience of really being alive. And then Stegner writes, how I wish I could have penned this sentence. Of that present moment, he said, it was a present that made the future tingle. It was a present that made the future tingle. Beloved, that's as close as we can get come Easter to the resurrection gospel. We might say also the resurrection is a future that makes the present tingle, but that's another full sermon for another Lord's Day. Hear the good news. In thy light we see light. Johanna can school us. In thy light we see the revelation of wonder the reality of weakness and the radiance of, of whimsy. May this be a blessed season for us as we recall the gospel itself in the words of Robert Frost inviting us to join in. I'm going out to clean the pasture spring. I'll only stop to rake the leaves away and wait to watch the water clear I may. I shan't be gone long. You come too. The Lord is risen. He is risen indeed.
please be seated. Good morning. Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Alleluia. We welcome you again to Marsh Chapel on this Easter Sunday. My name is Dr. Jessica Chica, and I have the pleasure of serving as the university chaplain for international students here at Marsh Chapel. Thank you all for joining us as part of our community of worship today, whether your name is Joanna or not, whether you are here in the sanctuary, listening on the radio or live stream on the internet, or listening later via our podcast. We invite you to update your Marsh Chapel contact information on the sheet found inside your bulletin. Completed forms can be put into the offering baskets during the offertory, or they may be placed in the box in the narthex after the service. We will be offering Holy Communion this morning. Please note that the wine will be served on the pulpit side, the side that I am standing on, and grape juice will be served on the lectern side, uh, the opposite side of where I am standing. For those of you in the balcony, there will be a special uh, station in the narthex, so please go down the stairs during communion to receive. Wine and grape juice will be offered there. Gluten-free options are also available upon request. We have many exciting events coming up this week. Uh, Earth Day is tomorrow, and on Tuesday, the chapel will be hosting a Planting in the Spirit event where we will be creating tiny terrariums. Students who are interested in participating should email me at jchica at bu.edu. It's from 4 to 6 p.m. on Tuesday. Our congregation and listeners are also invited to in attend the debut performance of Robert Keir's Resurrection on Saturday, April 27th at 8 p.m. here in the nave of Marsh Chapel. This is an oratorio commissioned by Music at Marsh Chapel, and admission is free. We hope you will join us next Saturday night. We also remind all of the women in our congregation of the women's gathering at the home of Jan and Bob Hill next Sunday after the service. There will be a program presented by Dr. Toyin Shanukan entitled Breast Cancer in Women, A View from Sub-Saharan Africa. Those interested in attending must RSVP to Heidi Fermanis Courts at hrf at bu.edu. For all other news and upcoming events, please visit our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as the chapel website at bu.edu chapel, where there is also the opportunity for online giving. Now, as the ushers wait upon us for the offering, may, may we remember that it is a gift and a discipline to be a giver.
for the work before us, the life within us, the fellowship among us, and thy love that surrounds us, we give thee thanks, O Lord. Bless these gifts and the givers, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, brought us to a land flowing with milk and honey, and set before us the way of life. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. By your great mercy, we have been born anew to a living hope through the resurrection of your Son from the dead and to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. Once we were no people, but now we are your people, declaring your wonderful deeds in Christ, who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. When the Lord Jesus ascended, he promised to be with us always in the power of your word and Holy Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body which is given for you, do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. On the day you raised him from the dead, he was recognized by his disciples in the breaking of the bread. And in the power of your Holy Spirit, your church has continued in the breaking of the bread and the sharing of the cup. And so in remembrance of these your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your spirit make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son Jesus Christ with the Holy Spirit in your holy church all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever.
Amen. And now with the confidence of children of God, let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. In the name of the kingdom,
May, may, excuse me, may we pray together. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. May the sun show warm and bright on you, your darkest night a star shine through, your dullest morn a radiance brew, and when dusk comes, God's hand to you. The blessing of God Almighty, creator, redeemer, and sustainer be and abide with each one of us now and forever. Amen. <laughs>